So welcome to Becoming Legendary, the first rebirth of the factual revolution. So this is going to be a little bit of a recap episode. I'll get through some things and then I'll explain kind of how this portion of the podcast is going to go forth. So obviously we have... um, Becoming Legendary, the interview side of the podcast, and that will continue as is. But for majority of the last two years, we've also had a second side of the podcast called The Invisible Path. And The Invisible Path has uh, gone into remission. That, That program will be ending. And it will be ending, you know, in a little bit of a challenging way. I'm going to not go fully into exactly why that show won't continue, but I will say that the time in isolation, the experience of COVID has wrecked a lot of people. And it has made a lot of people believe in nonsensical conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories that are equivalent to unicorns existing. And because they're equivalent to unicorns existing, they cannot be disproven. There's no way to prove that unicorns don't exist. They don't, but there is no piece of data that I can provide you that will show you that unicorns don't exist. And that's a really challenging place to be. You know, there there are people still resisting the idea of COVID. Um, there are, and, and the people who are resisting the idea of COVID oftentimes carry two different, diabolically different ideologies around COVID itself. One, that it is a biological weapon and it is completely harmless. So it was a biologically created weapon and there's no reason to have any fear of it at all. Which again, if you're holding those two beliefs, uh, I I don't know how to reconcile reality with, with your thought process. But The challenge with this specific and this type of experience is because there is no, there's no piece of of data that you can ever provide. There's no way to, to draw someone back. And if you show 10,000 pieces of data, they'll find one crackpot piece of data or one completely misinterpreted piece of data. And they'll say, no, see, look at this. If you show 10,000 doctors who say one thing, they'll find one crackpot doctor who says, no, look at this. And if your concept of reality is the furthest outlier uh, being the truest representation, I don't know how to draw you back. So if you you have these people who are opposed to the vaccine, right? Because 
it's dangerous, it's untested. I have a whole episode on this, but it's been tested on just about 6 billion people. There are about eight and a half billion people on the planet. So that test uh, pretty well checked off the list. Uh, at the same time, you have people who say, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, I go to this doctor and he says, don't get the vaccine because the vaccine funds um, drug companies, right? The vaccine was created by drug companies and drug companies just want profit. Now, one very funny thing is oftentimes they'll say, you know, I don't take the vaccine, but I do take this $400 worth of supplements every month that my doctor happened to sell me. The other thing is the overlap of people telling you they can't take the vaccine because <laughs> it is going to profit drug companies are also that Venn diagram also includes an overwhelming majority of people who tell you that we must maintain private healthcare. Healthcare must be run by companies because companies run healthcare the best. And so if you can't understand that uh, you can't have both ways, you are the furthest point from reality and I don't know how to draw you back. You know, this all ties in to this big challenge within the world right now, right? It's, it's the Elon Musk effect. It is someone saying they want free speech, right? And then, and then complaining that advertisers don't want to advertise on their platform because they allow a bunch of hate speech. Well, guess what? Advertising dollars spent are also a form of speech. Companies have the right to choose where they spend their money. And Elon Musk is maybe figuring this out. He seems to not be remarkably capable at running um, large scale business. So he may not be figuring this out. But you have all these defenders talking about, about free speech absolution, uh, absolutionist, right? The, the ability to say anything, and that's the most appropriate thing except when it hurts Elon Musk, right? He bans reporters who write negative stories about him. It's interesting, he, he bans a, a kid who has a, a script code that tracks his private jet. And he says it's out of safety and that people can't know where his real-time information is. And then the next day, he tweets a photo of himself at the World Cup, which is a lot more specific location than I landed at an airport. So you, you have this hypocrisy, um, quite frankly, that is so emboldened on the right right now, where they want all realities, um, dichotomous realities to exist, and they're not willing to accept any of their faults. And if you know me, you know I criticize the right and the left all the time. But the disproportionate push from reality towards this, this right wing of the political spectrum is terrifying right now. And I really have 
harped on a very specific ideology for decades now. And I'll get to that in a moment. But my goal is to always reward speakers, context creators um, who are creating the closest possible expression to the shared reality, to the reality that exists outside of the subjective experience. And I know I've gone over this on single episodes and I'm not going to harp on this very much. But all of this is to say that my new project here, the factual revolution is something that I actually did, man, probably close to 20 years ago now. I had a podcast called The Factual Revolution. And it seems impossible that it was 20 years ago, but it also seems possible that it was about 20 years ago. And there may still be remnants of that somewhere out on the internet. But I'm going to bring back this idea of short, there'll be much shorter episodes, there will be infrequent episodes, they will come out when I have something to say. Because right now what happens is I will think about a concept and I'll have a 15 minute conversation with myself, or maybe Hollis, and then that concept will dissipate from my brain and be gone forever. And so what I'd like to do is have the freedom to continue the regularity of the interview episodes and intersperse them with non-regular, irregular episodes of me sharing thoughts about what's going on in the world. Either looking at the present moment or looking into the future and what we need to do to shift and change that experience. So I think right now I'm gonna to touch on one thing that is off in the world right now. So obviously we have a, a conflict. You can, you can use the politically adept response and say there's a conflict going on in Ukraine. Now the key piece is the word in and Ukraine. Because right now what you have is you have people saying that people in Russia, people in power in Russia saying they want the war to end. This was, this was a quote attributed to Vladimir Putin. And man, what an easy thing to do. If you are invading a country and you want that to stop, you just stop invading the country and that would be over. Um, and yet you have people on, again, the right, who have decided that Ukraine is the bad guy in this situation. And I don't know how you possibly, other than you're tuned into Fox News and they're telling you that Ukraine has launched a war on Christianity, which was a true headline that they had on their television station a few days ago. 
I don't know how you could possibly view a country who has been invaded, who has had their cities completely decimated. And if you go and you, and you actually take the time to look at the devastation in Ukraine right now, it is heart-wrenching. And when you have conversations with people, the way you'll know that they're off on this is they'll, they'll start the conversation by saying, boy, I really feel bad for the people of Russia. And you're welcome to feel bad for the people of Russia. I think a lot of people in Russia are being subjected to a right-wing authoritarian leader who is decimating their economy for his own ego trip of trying to take over a, a land grab in Ukraine. And they don't deserve that. But what's weird about starting a conversation with that is you have somehow missed the devastation of the lives, the people living through winter without water, power, and in many cases, food, without homes because they have been completely destroyed. I don't mean like, oh, your home is like in a bad shape. I mean, your home is a charred crisp. I want you to think about if a country came into our country and turned your neighborhood into a charred crisp, how you would feel about that invading country. And so if you're one of those people who's like, you know, I really feel bad for the people of Russia, I do too. I think there's a lot of people in Russia who are victims in this situation. It is not where my empathy starts. My empathy certainly starts with the people who are receiving the most amount of pain unduly, and that is the people of Ukraine. And if you have questions about that, I, do your own research, right? You, you wanna look into what is actually happening there. Because what we see oftentimes isn't nearly as devastating as it actually is because things are whitewashed for our human experience here. And if you start looking into the horrific things, like people who attempted to surrender on the Russian side, having their heads crushed by sledgehammers on video by Russian armed forces. Maybe, maybe the opinion changes. Maybe, maybe you start to support something a little bit differently. And so with that, I'm going to end this very dark, <laughs> and they won't always be this dark, but a very dark episode, number one of the reboot of the Factual Revolution. I love the heck out of you. I appreciate you guys. I have a bunch of questions that I'll get to from the old carryover cast, and I look forward to doing rad things with you in the future. Talk to you soon.